0: I want to talk this morning about love. Um, I'm going to read from John 13, uh, 34 and 35, and then 1 Corinthians 13 to chapter 14, verse 1. It'll be on the screen. It's in the ESV, English Standard Version. It's not NIV. So John, this is Jesus speaking. He says, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By all, uh, by this all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then 1 Corinthians 13, very well known but I want to read it. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, speaking of when Jesus comes again, then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three... But the greatest of these is love. And then, verse 1, the next chapter pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. What led me to preach on this today was what God did in me and, and through me as I prayed for a, this Iranian guy called Carol. Um, I'd I'd shared about prophecy and we were having a ministry time and the presence of God was really powerful and I realized there was a group of guys over to my left who were not believers and uh, I prayed for a few of them and felt incredible compassion and love and then this guy Carol uh, was persuaded to come Uh, and I I felt such an overwhelming love, I've never never felt anything like this before Uh, I've touched it sometimes but uh, it was like uh, I, I could feel the love of God, I was experiencing the love of God, and they were receiving the love of God. Just tell you with Carol he 's a very, very clever guy he 'd had an encounter as a child with God, but then had had really bad life and uh, finished up doing all sorts of philosophy and uh, intellectual stuff and he said i don 't believe in God. And so I said, okay, well, let me just pray for you anyway. And as I started to pray for him, that I, I just felt incredible love and compassion. But he felt it too. As I held his hand, he felt it too. He was like, what is this? He said, I can hardly stand up. Nobody told him he was supposed to fall down. He said, what is this? So we propped him up. I said, this is God. This is the love of God. He said, I, I don't believe in God. I said, well, wh- what is this? So we, we had that conversation And then he he says, well, I have three demons. I said, oh, really? And and I'm saying, and and I I just prayed against, I said, anything demonic, I prayed against it. And I said, Jesus loves you. And he was like, totally blown away. Smile over his, this is going on for about 25 minutes. And then he said, um, I said, well, say the name Jesus. And he couldn't speak out the word Jesus oh well maybe there's something of the enemy here so it was going on a bit 45 minutes and you're still just in a flow of ministering the love of God to someone and so I I found myself praying Lord I I prayed that as Carol sleeps tonight you give him dreams and uh, I give him a big hug and he went away the next night he comes back and he walks straight up to me with a a big big smile on his face and um, he said, I had three dreams. And I said, in the first dream, he said, you were in it. I said, okay. He said, in the second dream, Sarush was in it. Okay. In the third dream, Jesus came to him on a motorbike. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but he was expecting the Jesus of history. And he met the Jesus of today. And it was totally, totally changed. And he was saying, he, he was just saying, I, I love Jesus. I, he said, I, my mind doesn't understand. I said, no, but you come as a little child and he will teach you. He was totally, so I, he, he'd just come to the Lord. I said, so you're now a believer? I said, yes, I love Jesus. So he, he I said, go and tell Sarush. So he walked across the room and he said to Sirush, I am I am now a Christian. I am now a believer. And he was going around telling everybody. And this guy, and then on the Sunday, I said, who's become a Christian lately? He's at the back telling everybody, I, I am now a Christian. I've put my trust in Jesus. The thing that got me about it was this incredible, uh, power and emotion and experience. It wasn't just you pray for somebody. It was like I, I could feel the love of God for him and he could feel the love of God through me. And I was, I was asking God about it. I said, Lord, what, what do I do about this? Um, sort of analyzing it in, in bed at night, saying, God, what, what's this? And immediately, I, I was reminded of the verses in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but haven't love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so I to remove mountains, but haven't love, I have nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And so I just felt to talk about love this morning. Changed my plans a little bit. Um, I sort of prepared this in a bit of a, a bit tired when we got back on, Wednesday evening and um, had a busy day on Thursday and then prepared this on Friday so I took yesterday out. Um, so it, it, there's so much more I could have done with it but this is what it is. But I've got—I managed three points as usual. Um, love God. Love one another. Love the lost. So first point, love God. When Jesus was asked in Matthew 27 which was the greatest commandment he immediately responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. It's worth noticing here that Jesus is not talking about theoretical and emotional type of love. You know that theoretical love, well, I don't hold anything against them, I'll do good to them. That's That's love, isn't it? He's not talking about that you see we 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 can we we can use the term love in all sorts of ways how how about i i love certain music some people love country music any anybody one or two yeah good good see there's a few some people love jazz some people love worship some people well that's great but i love it or how about uh, how about food yeah or art. Look at. Oh, I love that picture. Or, I love Chinese food. Or Indian food. I love Indian food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I love Iranian food. Yeah, and so on and so on. You know, there's nothing better than me than a nice Yorkshire pudding, or a, a treacle dumpling. I love it. The problem is sometimes we talk about God like that, don't we? Oh, I love God. Just look at what he's done for me. I I, I love the way he provides. I I love the life and family he's given me. I, I love it. What we mean is that we enjoy God and we enjoy all the blessings he brings. And that is fine. But to love God... It's much deeper than that. To love God means I will sing praises to him in prison. To love God means I will bless him when he takes everything away. It's not superficial, it's not on just experience about, oh God's nice to me, I love him. It's no no. I love God because I know him. And he is pure love. Jesus says we're to love God with all our heart. All our soul. And all our mind. Well, isn't that a challenge? Don't you think that's a challenge? I, I, find, I find that a challenge. Do you remember Jesus questions Peter in John 21? 15 to 17. It's the... the He provides a meal for them, do you remember? And he's reinstating Peter, and he says to Peter, so there's these fish Jesus cooked for breakfast, and Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? And we don't know quite what he's talking about. Is it, do you love me more than the fish, because you're a fisherman? Or do you love me more than these disciples? Or do you love me more than they do? We don't quite know, but all the time, he's saying, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I, I love you. And every time he says that, he says, well, feed my lambs. And he asks it three times, and he uses two different words for love, but we'll not unpack that too much. But he said, feed my lambs. He said, feed, uh, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. And then again, Lord, you know, I, stop asking me. You know, Well, well, feed my lambs. Love for Jesus is to be the motivation for everything we do. So how can we love God like that? How do we do it with every fiber of our being? How do we do it? Well, the truth is we can't unless we are filled with the Holy Spirit who is love. Be filled with the Spirit. That means he who is love comes and resides in my heart. He who is love comes and dwells within me and enables me to love God, who first loves me. But also enables me to become a conduit, a channel of blessing of the love of God to other people. So the problem is if, if I got to Simon and said, Do you love God enough? His answer is, No, I don't. Well, sorry, maybe, sorry, shouldn't answer for you, should I? But because we think it's about us. I I try, but you know. No, we love because he first loves us. We are responders to God. We're not earning anything from God. His love's given, and his love draws from us love which is all our heart, soul, and mind. And we're empowered to do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. To know his touch, to know his affirmation, to know his care its not just an intellectual exercise as much as I love doctrine. It's a living experience available every day to those who are born again. Sure, because we're human beings there will be times of dryness. Times when we just can't get our emotions working. Do you ever have those? You ever sat in a situation I should feel something But I don't. Do you you ever do that? You know, we're we're human beings. We are being, we're saved, but we're being saved. You know, I'm, I'm being perfected and I'll get a new body and all of that when he comes again. But we're becoming more like Jesus. So we have a moment of dryness, but all the time he's working in our lives for our good at a very deep level. And so we can worship at any point with glad hearts. Because we know He is for us. And we can enjoy sweet fellowship with him and intimacy with him at any time. How do I know that? Because we come to him on the basis of what he did for us on the cross. Not on how we feel. If you want to love God, have a look at the cross. You see, you're not worthy other than the cross. But at the cross, when you put your trust in what Jesus did on the cross... Every barrier that separates you from God, everything that stops you being free, is taken away. Everything. It's not about how you feel, it's not about how you've behaved, it's not about what you think, it's not about, oh, da, 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 da. It's a done deal once and forever. Sorted. That's the starting point of our relationship with God. That's the starting point of freedom. It's what Raj was talking about, that's what Christine was talking about. It releases us to say, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to show, I don't have to do anything. This is what he's doing in me. Yeah, I've got responsibilities, but it's not about earning anything. It's about learning to walk with God. You see... Perhaps come to a new revelation of this myself, but God loves us with every fibre of his being. Does that? Now remember, God's not like us. Is he? He's not, you know, I mean, every fibre of my being, this some of the fibre is a bit wobbly and the, the fibers of my being, the essence of who I am, is is a limited thing. Creating the image of God but and being perfected and child of God and all that's true. But the, the reality is every fibre of my being is not always a blessing. But they're every fibre of God, everything about God. There's not one little bit of God that doesn't love you. It's not like God dishes out a bit. Here, there's a little bit there for you and a little bit there for you. And I kind of generally... No, he says, with every fibre of my being, I love you. That's why the cross... That's why every, there's not one hint of anything, because the price is paid. God loves you. And so the thing that will draw you deeper into Jesus, into your walk with God, is the love of God, nothing else. The thing that will reach a lost and dying world is the love of God, and nothing else. You got me? But because he loves me... With every fibre of his being, he, I can begin to learn to love him with every fibre of my being. Because I'm not having to prove anything. I'm responding to a God who's bigger than me. Who's greater than me. Who has more love than me. So he draws me ever deeper into this amazing experience with God. When we're even allowed to be conduits of his love to other people found that amazing so in our busy lives let's make sure we give time to loving our God with all our heart soul and mind second point love one another have a look around do you love one another All right, husbands, it's nice to look at wives and all that, but how about looking at some other people? (laughs) Not other women, I mean, but just other people. You see, loving one another can never be based on whether we like people or naturally click with people. You know, wouldn't it be great if everybody was like us? We could love them all. No, it wouldn't be boring. Loving one another can only work when we're sharing the life of God together. See, we're very different people, aren't we? I mean, I like model railways. Some people like football. How crazy is that? I'm not saying football's crazy, it's just the difference. Do you you, you get it? It's like I'm just not switched on by football. Now, Formula One, it's on later. Hallelujah. Right? That's my sort of thing. I get, you know... I can, I, can, I can sit down with somebody who likes that I can say, oh we get on well or somebody who's got a model yeah we get on well into technology, we get on well people are watching people kick a leather ball around a field and getting rid, I'm going no you know, they'll say, do you want to come around and watch the match, no yeah. I really would rather die <laughs> I'd rather go to be with Jesus this is- but that's because we're all different so we can't be talking about love at that level, can we? Otherwise, we'll never get on at all. But when, when the Spirit of God who fills Raj encounters the Spirit of God who fills me, we love one another at a much deeper level. And so we embrace one another's differences. We embrace each other's preferences not, not negatively, but we accept it because we can love and we can honor and we can, we, 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 we just love, we think the best of, we're for, we're, we're rooting for them all the time. Love gives and gives and gives and wants everybody to fly. Go and be the you, Don't have to be, you don't have to be like me, you have to be like you, made in the image of God. To be all you can be. Yeah? So many people come to Christian lives and think, well, if I was only like Simon, everything would be great. Ask Jody. <laughs> Don't spend your time looking at what everybody else is like and not like. Look at Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then start to accept our differences. Start reaching out and loving And really, I can love people who are totally different from me. We have different emotional makeups. Different gifts, different temperament, different ways of appreciating things and so on. You know, people get really excited and they get loud and they shout and they cheer. When I get really excited, I go quiet. That's true. I'm at my peak of enjoyment. This is zipped, which is rare. Please let me be like that. It doesn't mean I'm not enjoying things. It just means I'm wired differently. See, we're, we're all we're all like that. So what we don't want is, come on now, we will all cheer the Lord together, and people are going, oh my! Do you ever have that? Ever been in a meeting where you think, oh, I've got to put a different head on and be a different person today? No, no, the church is made up of all sorts of people. And if people want to cheer and dance, I'll say, go for it. Ah, you enjoy cheering and dancing. And if I want to sit and meditate, I can do that. Do you you see the variety, the difference, the, the beauty of... God's creation, loving one another. This is church. This is, this is what it means to share the life of God with one another. And we're all different and diverse. And it, it doesn't need to be apologized for. We don't need to be threatened by that, but just love. Now, yes, of course, it's natural that we all have certain friends, people who we're really close to and share fun with. That, that's inevitable. Jesus, Peter, James, and John were the, of the disciples, the ones Jesus were closest to. That's, that's okay because we kind of, you know, I'm going to have more fun with people enjoying model railway than I am with people who enjoy football. Not just because just there's more to share. Not because I think they're better. Is that, do you see where I'm coming from? So to love one another as we love ourselves... It's a choice we make because we're loved by God. His grace, his favour to us, which is based totally on his love, is to be like the air we breathe. I'm loved, you're loved, you're loved. It must be good then, because we're all loved by the same God, isn't that great? We're to be receivers of the love of God together, receivers of the grace of God And that which we receive from him enables us to become more and more like him. And again, I come back to his indwelling Holy Spirit working in us that we share. It's the basis of our fellowship. And Jesus said, as you love like that, so the world will know you are my disciples. See, church is not like belonging to a club not belonging to the latest, you know, this team or that team or a, I don't know what sort of clubs are they. All sorts of running clubs and exercise clubs, perish the thought, and all of those sort of things. The church is bigger than that. It's the only thing on the planet where anybody can be a part of it and we can all be in it together. That's because of the grace of God. So Jesus said, by this everyone will know you are my disciples. If you love one another, doesn't mean that we're all perfect, but we, we just say, "I am committed to loving my brothers and sisters in the church." And sometimes, you know, we get it wrong, but we just say, "God, give me grace." Do you ever have certain people in the church you need more grace for? If that's okay. Just go and get the grace. Because God's growing us and teaching us. We're learning. See, 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9, Peter says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Also, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's, isn't that good? Love each other deeply. Why? Because sometimes people are in pain. Because sometimes... They're sinful. We don't stand in judgment. We just shower love on people. It's what God does with us, isn't it? More grace. Where we sin, when we got it wrong, he gives us more grace because love covers a multitude of sins. Because all of sin is dealt with at the cross. You see, the one area where the enemy, the devil, Satan, can gain entry into a local church is through division and disunity. Disunity. And as the people of God, we cannot allow that. As soon as we start holding things against one another, even if even if they've been you know, they've been nasty to me. Even if I disagree, as soon as we start holding things against one another, even if it's only in our hearts, the enemy begins to unsettle the church. People get twitchy. Things don't feel right. Get party spirits and division. Let us determine never to give him room. So I always say this, the one thing I promise as a leader is at some point I will upset you. Not because I want to, but because I'm, I'm me. At some point Raj will upset you, Sam will upset you, At sometimes you will upset us. The fact is we, we are people with different opinions and ideas, and we have to work these things through together with the love of God. We can't hold things against one another. We cannot. It just gives the enemy room. We have to forgive. And it's very important. The Bible tells us many times to work for unity. To always forgive. And to love one another. There's bound to be misunderstandings. And sometimes you'll need to talk and sort those things out. But in the main in the main, I, I mean, I, I might have told you the story. I had a church in Milton Keynes many years ago. A guy I was a friend with, we used to, I used to spend time with him. He's one of our small group leaders. And uh, was, I think he was a professor. And we, we, we'd, we'd go out and do things. And he came to me one day and he said, I have a big problem in the church. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? He said, it's you. I like, he says, I feel you've really let me down. And I thought, I'd, I'd done everything I knew. I'd poured everything I had into this guy and and yet yeah, it hurt and he, he left the church and I, I said I, I do apologize but I I can't apologize for being me to, to, you know so we can say we've got to sort things out but actually sorting things out doesn't generally just generally, often produces more heat than any than any help. we sort things out in here first in our hearts. Like, say, Simon and I are like, I'm going to sort it. I'm I'm going to, you know, we're just going to talk it out. And we go away and say, yeah, got off my chest. Did it sort anything? No, it just, just, just fanned the flame. What are we to do? We're going to say, you know what? If I offended you, I'm sorry. But we love one another. We care for one another. We let the love of God have full sway. And we let grievances go. It's called forgiveness. And it's the way of love. And that has to be the air we breathe in the church. It requires grace, but actually God has plenty of that for us. And it also requires us being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Romans fourteen nineteen. Therefore let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Ephesians 4, 3, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace then my last point, love the lost. Our need as the people of God is to see the world as Jesus sees it. To feel his love for all those who don't know him. I'm always challenged when I re- read how Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Why did Jesus weep? Well, he loved the family and he was sharing in their grief and in their pain. He didn't love from a distance. He loved in the now. And he wept with the family. Jesus also wept over Jerusalem. Luke 19, 41, 42. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. God's love for the world is not a theoretical love. The cross is not a theoretical exercise. It is a passionate, emotional, heart response to a God who loves, from a God who loves. He wants us as His people to see as He sees, to weep as He weeps, to feel as He feels. To love as he loves, to care as he cares. Romans 5 5 tells us that God's love has been poured into our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit, who's been given to us. There's a song, isn't it? I receive your love. I receive your love. Do you remember? I receive, I receive your love, In a day when we love intellectualism, in a day when we love to unpack scripture and argue about this bit and that bit, and, and I love sound doctrine, passionate about it, sets us free. But before that, I need to be filled with the love of God. I personally, you personally, we need to be filled with the love of God. And we're scared of it because it means we might cry. We're scared of it because it means we might feel what God really feels for those people we live beside or, 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 or we're involved with or work beside. And we think, I don't know if I can handle that. So we take a step back. God says, I, "I didn't call you to be my people to take a step back, but to take a step forward and love as I love." I wrote this on my notes, um, and I put it in bold and in italics on my notes because just I felt something. God, give me it's a bit obvious. Really, the world will not be reached for Jesus by the clever pat plans of men and women. Through so the latest methods or the clever business practices that we've come to understand. The world will be reached for Jesus when the people of God, so moved by the love and compassion of Jesus, get involved with people. i will read it again. The world will not be reached for Jesus by the clever plans of men and women. Through the latest methods or through clever business practice. The world will be reached for Jesus when the people of God, so moved by the love and compassion of Jesus, get involved with people. Love is the key to everything God has for Jubilee Church in the future. That's the key. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant. Or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. How are we doing? Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never ends or never fails. Love must be the motivation for everything we do, and that must be the love of God in us and through us. Our prayer for Jubilee is Lord, please fill us with your Holy Spirit every day. I don't I don't want to see people as a case or a needy person when i met carol i just saw somebody who god loved with such a passion such a passion and i grabbed his hands and i was i was blown away by the love of god utterly blown away by the love of god it says you know it says out of you will flow streams of living water I felt like the stream was flowing. It was just, all I had to do was be there. I could feel it. Lord, please fill us with your Holy Spirit every day. Lord, please give us hearts like your heart hearts of love, compassion. Please let us see what you see and how you see. Lord, please let us feel what you feel. Lord, please, let us love others as you love us. This morning we've had some interesting contributions and thought what Raj brought about freedom. See, we're held captive because the enemy tells us we're not good enough and God doesn't love us. You know, we have to earn it. You don't have to earn it, it's free. Okay? The route to receive freedom is called the cross of Jesus Christ and you put your trust in Jesus and you can walk free. And if, you've not be, if you're not a believer and you haven't put your trust in Jesus yet, I tell you, you choose to put your trust in Jesus today and you can walk free from your past, totally. Totally. But for others of us who've been carrying, as Christians, we've been carrying around our history. The stuff that goes back generations—it's just you know what my parents did—or all the stuff that's happened to us—you can walk free of that because actually everything, everything was dealt with at the cross, and therefore you're a brand new creation. It doesn't have to be your legacy anymore. You have a new legacy. It's called the Spirit of the Law, the Spirit of life sets me free from the law of sin and death, and so I'm free, and you're free, and you can step into it today. You can know the love of God today in a way you've never known it before not because you earn it, but you know what? God wants is loves you more than you'll ever know. Now, if you're sick today and you think, well, I've got this sickness, this condition that I've had for years, and you know what? God wants to heal you more than you want to be healed because he loves you. Do you understand? It's, it's, all of that was dealt with at the cross. So the love of God says, I want to make you well. I want to sort you out. I want to fix it up. See, Christine's word about we we kinda of make God in our own image and we, we actually confine him and say he's just like us. Well hallelujah is nothing like us. God is not limited, he's free. And his love is relentless and will never let us go. His love is amazing, overwhelming, and he loves you today. And he loves every single one in this room today, wherever you're at, whatever your situation. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And you think, well, there's stuff in my life. He said, yes, and the only thing that's going to sort the stuff in your life, the love of God is coming to you. The love of God is coming to you because of the cross of Jesus Christ. But then he then says, now you don't need to be held captive either. Because I've paid the price so that your chains are broken and now you live in my freedom, full of the Spirit of God. Do you got it? Isn't that great? Now I'd like to do some ministry. I think it would be great to do some ministry right now. I'm not quite sure how to do it because I'm feeling everybody might come to the front. So I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined to just let's stand, shall we, in the presence of God.